Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. I don't know. Book him, Dano. You know, I've never actually seen that show. Hawaii Five-O? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I, uh... I like it just because I lived in Hawaii for a while and I've been there many times, so it's fun to like see places. Although, right, because you recognize a lot of them. It's like I bet when you watch shows uh, set in LA, which there's a lot. Yeah, you'll notice that's like they're in this shot. They're driving down Santa Monica Boulevard, and then they cut to the reaction shot of the passenger, and they're driving down a totally different street. Yeah, that happens a lot in LA. It happens a lot when they're like, "Hey, Grey's Anatomy takes place in Seattle," and you're like, "Not really." No, it does not. Yeah. The, a couple exteriors are in Seattle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the prepackaged shots they did a long time ago. <laughs> What's up, everybody? How's it going? You are listening to the Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. It is episode. 135 and in 134 previous episodes we have always had a very detailed outline for the show mm-hmm. uh this is the first time we haven't it also is coincidentally the first episode that is going to be released under uh our new patreon banner if you guys didn't know we launched a patreon last week at patreon.com slash command zone um, some people had some questions, so we'll clear this up really quickly. Patreon is a contribution system where you can become a patron of a show. And in the, the case of us, uh, other podcasts like Magic the Amateuring, Lo- Loading Ready Run, and Limited Resources, uh, you get to pay per episode. So it's very simple. You can give a dollar an episode. It supports the show and it supports us. And it goes a huge long way to helping us cover all the production costs associated with making a show like this. Also, it's a good chance for everybody to help us get to our stretch goals which are making more gameplay videos making more kitchen table fables so this is a way to help us get to being able to finance and do more of that stuff so very exciting listen the show is going to still happen no matter what so it's not a a case of like you have to go and 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 support us we just appreciate it if you do and it'll help us do bigger and better things but the show's still going to exist it's not something that you know you have to do but one dollar a show that's what we're really asking Mm -hmm. if if even a fraction of our people 
our listeners out there could do that. We could do some amazing things. Yeah, Patreon's great. You can set a monthly limit too, so you don't go above a certain amount. Um, we're doing stuff like, hey, check it out. If you want to get do, do a Duck Doctors on the show, now that is available through Patreon. If you want to submit a question to us and have us answer it on the show, these are all different tiers on the Patreon. So we're, we're also trying to reward you guys for becoming a part of our little community. So make sure you guys check it out, patreon.com slash commandzone. Woo-hoo. Make sure you also check out our sponsor, Card Kingdom. Use the affiliate link, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Yeah, and, and we actually, some ahead. of the gameplay videos you mentioned that we could be doing more of, we actually just filmed today, and I got some of the cards from Card Kingdom myself. Yep. Yeah, that's right, because you got to tune up those decks, mm-hmm. um, so you need the cards. And who's going to get them to be faster than Card Kingdom? Nobody. They are the fastest in the business. They're also the nicest <laughs> um, there's a plane chase anthology that's gonna oh, have yeah. just come out just come out yeah I, I really want to get a hold of that I'm definitely gonna order one I don't know about you um, oh, yeah. the holidays are coming out you're gonna want to get magic cards and product for all your friends so that's the best place to get them cardkingdom.com slash command zone alright now before we actually go into the episode today we have a small exciting little letter that we got here from Wizards of the Coast uh, so something new that's coming out are these things called standard showdown packs. And for anyone that likes to play standard, anyone that plays magic on a more competitive level, or even at a casual level like your LGS on Friday nights, uh, there are these new three card packs that are going to be given out to LGSs that are participating in the standard showdown. So each of these boosters contains one premium card from a currently legal standard set, including the expeditions and Kaladesh inventions, Holy crap. No double face cards, however. I think it's because it's probably difficulties printing. And then there are two non-premium cards that are either a rare or a mythic from another standard legal set. Um, so it's really cool. So you can get these packs two different ways. You can either receive one from your store during a standard showdown event. It's up to the store to determine how they'll distribute them. You know, it could be like who did the best, who had the best... Uh, outfit of the day who had the coolest brew or the coolest combo coolest brew yeah you know who had this who won the spirit of the game award that day uh and there's it's also part of the holiday buy a box promotion for our participating stores while supplies last standard is really cool right now a lot of the cards in standard actually are making it into my decks that i'm playing because mm-hmm. they're so powerful especially from kaladesh so this is a great way to receive some cards and i think the chances of getting a uh, expedition or invention is like one in 50 yeah it's actually pretty high um yeah, it's higher than a regular boost, boost booster pack because yeah. a regular booster pack is one in 144 i know it's higher than that um yeah. so the dates for standard showdown are november 26th which will be passed by the time you heard this so ignore that part but <laughs> december 3rd december 10th and december 17th if you want to find out more information go to wizards.magic.com slash standard showdown now very clear to you guys these packs were provided to us by wizards of the coast so that we could share it with you guys we are not giving these away we can't we can't they we won't normally let us. would though but we would 100 percent give them to you guys but they won't let us maybe next time if i go win one of these standard showdown events on these dates that we just told you wait does that mean we get to open them yeah we get to open them right now on camera in front of everyone else so if you guys are listening can we can... give away the expedition we get <laughs> i mean i can let's just say well, if we open an expedition maybe josh and i had another one that we opened at that's some exactly point. what i was gonna say i have whatever expedition that we might or may not open and then yeah. i'll give away mine in honor of the one that we're about to open exactly or you have it we yeah, have it who knows it is halved by us all right <laughs> we have it uh so we're going to open this standard showdown pack right now and the contents of which we already own we're going to give away to one of our special listeners all right Ooh. I, well i got a mythic Nice. It, oh, I got a mythic and two rares. Is that nice. normal? That's yeah. One, one's supposed to be a premium card, and then two non-premium cards. Oh yeah, the premium so, one is 
and this is very, very um, ironic. Is that the word? Whatever. It's Padim Foil. Ooh, our preview look at card. That. That's awesome. By the way, that card is in the deck I'm going to talk about today. And that card, not this one, I'm more old place to is going out to one of you guys. And then Mirror, Mirror Wing Dragon. Yeah, that's this the. Is... That's a mythic. Yeah, it's a mythic. It's it's very similar to Zada Hedron Grinder. Very cool card for EDH. And then Nissa's Renewal. Oh. So there's a Zendikar rare in there. Eldritch Moon. Oh yeah. Okay, I got it. It's not all Kaladesh, but it can. Josh have didn't read the. Uh, I was the busy making briefing. faces while he was reading. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, are we gonna open the other two? Uh, yeah. Sure. Why not? We got three, by the way. Very excitingly. It's so, an even better chance for us to RDO in the expedition that we find in. If you guys. are listening from home, you can watch us opening these on the video uh, at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast. All right, the first card we have. Oh, you're there's way no gravitas, better. You're Josh. better at this than I am. Ooh, Angelic Captain. All right. Uh, good card, good card, good card. It's an ally. Next is, ooh, a foil Ether Squall Ancient. Very shiny. And the last card is, welcome to the fold. That's what I'm telling everyone that joins our Patreon. Welcome to the fold, welcome everyone. To the fold. Welcome to the fold. It sounds a little bit sinister. Yeah, it is. The card is very sinister. Uh, let's open this one together. Okay. Ready? I don't know how to open it just, together. Just one, two, pull. We're going to rip the no, no, potential no, exposition. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Grab, it, grab yeah. it from here. There you go. All right, we're not doing well at this. Teamwork does uh, not make the dream work in Jimmy, this case. Jimmy, you just open it. Yeah, that's good. All right, all right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think the middle card is supposed to be the premium one, so we'll look at that one last. All right, this guy is... Whoop. <gasps> hey, our other premium that. card. It's Another like... Trick. What the heck? He tricked us. He tricked us. We it's got two of our preview cards. cards. Second Harvest, an amazing card for EDH. I have a lot of versions of this card. Uh, the bottom card is whoosh, Collective Effort. Right. It's really good in token decks. And this last card. Come on, do it. Come on, do go. it. It is. It's a foil. Hunt the week. Oh. Foil hunt the week. Hunt the week. Yeah. Right. Womp womp. But hey, all of these cards are going to go out to you, the listener. We'll, we'll uh, find a way to give them away. I would suggest following us at CommandCast on Twitter, though, to find out how you might be able to win these awesome, awesome cards. Especially this Foil Padim. What a sweet card. This does go in your deck. Yeah. But he but he already has one, so this one. Sp- I, specifically yeah. a Foil version, too. Yeah, okay. All right. Let's move on to today's episode. Today we are talking about... Commander 2016. We both built new decks we with did. the partners and commanders from the from the set. What'd you build, Josh? I built Cadell, Cadelli K. We're calling her K. The um, Chosen of Crufix and Bruce Tarl. So I did a partner combination. Bruce Tarl. I'll read them real quick. So K is two green blue for a two three legendary human wizard. Has partner. Says tap. Add colorless or diamond mana to your mana pool for each card you've drawn this turn. And then Bruce Tarl, Borish Herder, is two red and white, four mana total for a 3-3 legendary human ally. Whenever Bruce Tarl enters the battlefield or attacks, target creature you control gains double strike and lifelink until end of turn. Also Ooh, as partner. Pretty cool. So this allowed me to play um, the blackless color, color grouping. Mm-hmm. I built a deck around Brea, Ethereum Shaper. Brea is uh, the green list of the commander, so white, blue, black, red, a 4-4 legendary artifact creature human. When Brea enters the battlefield, create two 1-1 blue Thopter artifact creatures token with flying, and you can pay two mana to sacrifice two artifacts. Choose one. Brea deals three damage to target player. Target creature gets minus four, minus four until end of turn, or you gain five life. 
So yeah, let's talk about. I don't know. You want to you want to do yours? You want me to do mine? Yeah, I'll go, I'll start with mine. Okay. So my deck, uh, I wanted to really abuse. I looked at Brea and I saw a couple of key things. The first is that she creates tokens every time she enters the battlefield. It's not an on cast trigger. And she's also in white and blue, which are two colors that love to flicker. So I decided that, hey, you know what? I'm gonna. That's the first thing I want to do with this deck, is to make use of Brea's Enter the Battlefield ability and make a lot of different Thopters, or at least have some synergies that can create a lot of Thopters. Because hey, getting a lot of creatures to sacrifice to her ability is pretty good. Um, one of the cards that helped out with that is Panharmonicon. It's a brand new card from Kaladesh. Oh, this it's is, so sweet. This is a card that I highly suggest you pick up from cardkingdom.com slash command zone because it's going to be, it, it's it's useful in almost every single EDH deck on the planet. It's really good in a lot of decks. Yeah, Panaharmonicon reads, four mana artifact. If an artifact or creature entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. So if an artifact or a creature... So in this case, Brea is actually both, but it only counts once. She comes in the battlefield. That ability of her creating two, two, uh, two one, one blue Thopter tokens happens twice. So, so you, you get, get four. four. Four for one, and Panharmonicon does. So good. Yeah, there are a lot of other cards in the deck that want to take abuse of that, um, take abuse, to abuse that. Um, another card that I um, uh, have in here, obviously, that is very good at uh, sort of rebouncing stuff over and over again is Eldrazi Displacer. It's a card that I've been looking to use in the deck for a long time. Two and a white, devoid, three, three. You can pay two and a colorless, exile another target creature, then return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. So this card is great because you can actually use it against opponents and their creatures. Yeah, you can tap their guys down or get rid of them for a second. If they try and like equip it or put uh, enchantment on it, you can get that enchantment off, or they try mm-hmm. and target it with some sort of pump spell, which isn't normal, except for Craig does it all the time because they, in fact, um, yeah. Displacer, just such a linchpin in the deck. Yeah, you got that out, and it was like, uh-oh, he can create a bajillion Thopters. Yeah, not to mention, like, right, people were were originally saying two mana to sacrifice two artifacts. That's a lot to pay for an okay ability. Well, if you're making a lot of Thopters, you don't really mind too much, which is great. One thing I noticed immediately about Brea is she really skews the game towards, like, you have certain important cards or things, and you're just like, well, but for two mana, he can easily just sack two things and get rid of that mm-hmm. that engine or that thing. And so you have to sort of like, how do I deal with Brea? It's difficult to do because in response, you can always like, oh, I sack these two things then and kill your general or something. And it's like that negative four, negative four was way more impactful in every game than I thought it would be. Yeah, I actually thought that was really interesting. Because we were playing against the other commanders that had four toughness, like Atrax and uh, Saskia both have four toughness, so Bray could definitely do a lot of stuff to it, but it also just it hampers a lot of decks. It's like you can't cast stuff reliably on other creatures, you can't equip stuff, because if someone just takes out that creature with Brea, you're in a pretty bad position. And it doesn't feel like them sacrificing the two artifacts is costing them much to do it. There's so many times where you look and right. you go, he could just do that for fun. Like It won't hurt him at all because it's just two Thopters. Yeah, exactly. Um, another card that I really like that I used to put in my Marchesa deck is Lifeline. It's a five-mana artifact that basically creates a world effect that anytime a creature is put into a graveyard and a creature is in play, that creature returns from your graveyard to play at the end of your turn. Which is really interesting because for uh, Brea, this means that you can sack it to her. You can sack herself, and at the end of the turn, she comes back, creates more tokens. Um, it also means that everyone else gets this ability. But I think, in general, if your deck has a lot of Enter the Battlefield abilities, if you're really abusing this, like with something like a Marchesa deck as well, this is going to be a really good card for you. Yeah, if you've got a bunch of ETBs and they don't. Yeah. And your general also is sacking stuff. Like, 
even ETB decks don't have a ton of sacking stuff, so they can't actually take advantage of Lifeline like like you might. Right, and and it does require that you put Brea into the graveyard for a hot second, but that's also so you can use cards like Goblin Walder. This card is absurd. It's a red mana for a 1-1 Summon Goblin. I love the old tax of summoning a goblin. Uh, you can tap it to exchange target artifact to player controls for target artifact card in that player's graveyard. Hello, motorcycle. <laughs> He's going to the graveyard. He's going to the graveyard. Uh, goblin Welder reads, tap exchange target artifact to player controls for target artifact card in that player's graveyard. So this is great because you can do it to other players as well. You can switch out like a really powerful artifact they have for something that may have gotten destroyed earlier. In this case, if you let Brea go to the graveyard, you can just start swapping her in and out um, for any artifact for a Thopter if you want. The Thopter goes away forever, but you can but also... you get two more when she comes back. Yeah, so. exactly. So you can do it a lot, a lot of interesting things with this. Um, even getting cards back out that were tapped before. So for instance, if you had a Staff of Domination, you used it, you can swap it out with the Goblin Welder because it's tapped, find something else, or even take it from the graveyard back. And it's really interesting because I think this skews the game a lot. And it's one of the most powerful one-drops I think you can play in Commander. Anytime you can find a one-drop that's impactful, it's really, really strong. Because if you ever get it out on turn one, you've just done an impactful play on turn one where most decks don't. If they don't play Soul Ring, most decks don't have a one-drop. I mean, yeah. Sarah Ascendant, maybe? Yeah, Sarah Ascendant, uh, Reese the Redeemed. These Things are like Birds of Paradise and stuff. Right. They're not crazy, you know. But yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's sort of the bounce package of the deck. I wanted to be able to reuse stuff and to draw cards. Uh, there's also a lot of tutoring that's available to you when you're playing artifacts. So first up, it's Mentor of the Meek. It's a great draw engine because every time uh, Freya, Brea comes into the battlefield, she gets two one ones, And so there are two triggers on Mentor of the Meek. You can potentially draw two cards off of her. Pretty good. Um, there's also Thopter Spy Network, which makes... Little one one uh, uh, Thop Thopter artifact creature tokens. These are colorless, unfortunately, so they're not the same. You have to get two kinds of tokens. It does matter sometimes. But whenever one or more artifact creatures you d control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. If you're making one one second fly, yeah, they're definitely getting in because you can always poke someone for it. They're never going to be that upset because you're hitting them for one or whatever. But you get to draw cards off it. Yeah, pretty great. Um, and past that, I mean, the deck really is just trying to get to a few win conditions. Um, I think that was sort of the issue that the original deck had was it had a lot of value and it had a lot of accrued value, but it didn't have a way to just win the game. And so I have a combination of three cards here that all sort of contribute towards that. The first is Marionette Master. We talked about this on the show. Four black, black, fabricate three. When it enters the battlefield, you can put three plus one plus one counters in, or you can create three one one colorless servo artifact creature tokens. It's a one three. So we can get up to a, a, a four six. And whenever an artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, target opponent loses life equal to master of, a marionette master's power. So you can start draining people before. If you can make marionette master bigger by putting like a cranial plating on her, Ooh. then you can drain people for like 10, 12, 15, and just kill and them And since really you just quickly. sack two thopters to do something, you can be like, eh, sack four thopters, you're dead. Yeah, not even that. It's sack four thopters, deal you six damage, or make that creature minus eight, minus eight, and do like 20 damage to you Ooh, from marionette brutal. master. There's also Vicious Shadows. Man, this card was insane when you played it. It was it oh, it did so much damage so fast. Yeah, this won me the game for sure. Uh, spoiler alert. Six and a red enchantment. Whenever a creature is put into a graveyard from play, you may have Vicious Shadows deal damage to target player equal to the number of cards in that player's hand. Sometimes this will just kill someone outright. Well, with CDH, right? So that player that consecrated sphinxes and draws a bunch of cards or hey, mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, the K deck will do this kind of thing where it has 50 cards in hand. Like, Vicious Shadows is just like, do that, play it, sack one of my guys, good night. 
Not to mention, damage. yeah, if a board wipe happens, Ooh. oh boy, yeah. So that's the thing is that it doesn't deal it to its controller. You choose where that damage goes to. So it, it would trigger a ton with a board wipe. When someone else dies in combat, you, it would trigger there too. So it's not. It's very sort of flexible in terms of when it hits, and you always get to choose who dies from it. Perforos, however, you don't get to choose who dies because everyone takes damage. You, just everyone dies. Yeah, uh, and Perforos is an enchantment creature god that whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, it get, deals two damage to each opponent. So Brea comes in and immediately does six to everybody. That's huge, especially when you think of something like Dis Eldrazi Displacer. Now all of a sudden you blink her twice and everybody's taking 18 damage. Just Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, blinking Brea is absurdly powerful. Um, the deck, I think is very good one card that really surprised me that I, that I think i'm going to be buying more copies of is fairy artisans three in the blue it's a two two creature with flying whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control create a, a token that's a copy of that creature except it's an artifact in addition to its other types then exile all other tokens created with fairy artisans so you always get the next thing that someone plays if they play something else and that token goes away and becomes a new one um, however, you can sack those tokens to Brea. So it's half of the yeah, cost already, artifacts. right? So you're yeah. paying two mana and you're getting an artifact to sack to it. Um, so you don't get the exile trigger, but you still get the copy of the new creature. So really interesting. Pretty good. Um, it's one of the new C16 cards too. So yeah, you guys should pick this up. This card I think is going to be good. I'm throwing it out there now, my pretty, prediction. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Um, because you're playing like a super artifacty deck, there's a lot of fun stuff you can do. Uh, Ether Sworn Canonist is a card that just shuts down games. It's a two mana two two one in the blue one in the white. Each player who has cast a non artifact this spell this turn can't cast additional non artifact spells. Just basically says most gets... most decks only get to cast one spell per turn. Then yeah, unless it's like early and you're ramping <clears> out <throat> and stuff. But otherwise, it's like Ether Sworn Canonist will slow everyone else down while you're powering stuff out. Um, one of the most important cards in the deck is Ashnod's Altar. Uh, even though you're not going infinite, this is a three-mana sack outlet that gives colorless, colorless every time you sacrifice a creature to it. Um, it's just great to power, obviously, Brea. It, I mean, you can go infinite with Brea and Ashnod's. Yeah. Because you sack uh, the two Thopters. You sack the two Thopters. Oh, you need Eldrazi Displacer. I'm like, I'm missing a piece. <laughs> if you have those three. Brea, if, you have Eldrazi, if you have Eldrazi Displacer and... Um, Ashnods, then mm -hmm. then you can do it because you sack the two Thopters to make enough mana you to make blink four mana. Brea and with one left over. So you're making infinite mana. And then once you have inf infinite mana, you don't even have to sack the Thopters anymore. You just blink Brea infinite times, make infinite Thopters, and now you can sacrifice those Thopters infinitely to deal three damage to everybody infinitely. Yeah, pretty good. That's the only infinite combo that's in the deck. Ashnod's Altar, Brea it goes infinite with a lot of stuff, with like Nim's Death Mantle. Um, you could also change the mana into colored mana with, uh, what is that guy called? Gemstone Array. Gemstone Array, yeah. So there's a lot of things you can do with Brea because she makes two, she, she's essentially a three for one every time you cast her. Ashnod's Altar does a lot to, to get towards there. Do you have Sword of the Meek in there? Because that would be another infinite combo that's possible. It is. I don't have Sword of the Meek in there. Um, I don't know. I I wanted to include some infinite combos. I was thinking about it. I was like, well, we're going to play with everyone. I wonder how deep I should go, how, how sort of powerful try hard you want to make powerful. it. Yeah. yeah, so I went more of the uh, the funsy route. And so the only way to get there would be with Ashnod's Altar uh, and uh, Eldrazi Displacer. Otherwise, I was sort of going more the recursion route, right? I want to be able to 
take stuff, put it into the graveyard, and then have it come right back out. So you have stuff like Victimize, which lets you choose two target creature cards in your graveyard, and you sack a creature, and you get to return those cards to the battlefield tap. So my goal is actually to sack Bray a lot into the graveyard and hope no one has graveyard removal, and then be able to bring her back with cards like Victimize, Scrap Mastery, and essentially abuse the fact that I'm happily throwing artifacts into the graveyard so that I can bring them all back out later. Mm -hmm. The deck was very, very um, resilient. It never felt like the Brea deck was knocked so far down that it couldn't sort of get back up and fight some more. Like, it never felt like it was out of it. It yeah. always felt like, uh, I got a little setback, but then it was right back in the fight. Yeah, and it's really easy to, once you have, you know, a lot of ramp in the deck, obviously, paying Brea's cost again isn't a huge deal. And the fact that you can just sack her in, in response to someone trying to take her out with something else, you just will always get some level of value off of her because she's able to get rid of herself. And that negative four, negative four, it's so underrated to be able to remove just a lot of stuff. If you think about it, so many things that are scary in EDH aren't huge. Mm -hmm. You know, they're smaller things. And even like, you know, if somebody gets like original Avacyn out, well, you can deal with it. You can sack four artifacts for four mana and, and give it negative eight, negative eight yeah. and get rid of that. And that's like a card that can be very tough to deal with. You know, only, you know, most decks, how many cards do they have that deal with original Avacyn? Like... Not too many. Six, seven, eight, you yeah. know, counting tutors. Um, Brea always has that ability with just enough artifacts out, and you're always going to have tons of artifacts. So I think that's the underrated part and thing that was hard to see uh, before you saw her in action, which is, man, that, that ability to give something negative four, negative four is just way better than you think, uh, just because you always have it. Yeah, I remember playing against your deck and the Tim deck, and I just remember thinking... I'm never going to be afraid of anything on Josh's board. You can always kill it. I can, I can always kill everything. All his creatures are under four toughness, guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very powerful. So I like that deck a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, you have a lot of tutors in here as well. You can play Tezzeret the Seeker to find artifacts. You can play Inventor's Fair, another card from Kaladesh that will let you find artifacts. Kodalta Forge Master. Artifacts really like having a party with other artifacts. Um, I was actually able to look into my um, my other deck, my Muzio. Deck oh yeah and 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 see like oh cool this is how i want to cheat out stuff in this deck i can see how i can take that effect to this one so yeah brea very powerful um and you can build her so many different ways in fact there's an entire build of her i'm sure that only cares about the fact that she can gain five life you know you'll play your exquisite bloods and sanguine bonds in that kind of deck and yeah it makes sense just focus on gaining life and abusing that because she's got the white black sort of aspect to her that versatility is great too because if you're ever low on life you can sort of crawl crawl back into it whereas a deck no matter how powerful if it's at two life sometimes it's just going to die to a burn spell yeah you can sort of get out of that range sometimes so that's great all right you want to move on to yeah k and bruce tarl k and b k and b so you're right i built the deck mostly around k cadell um and it's mostly what we talked about in the episode where we broke down the yidris the what is it uh, Entropic Uprising? Entropic Uprising, yeah. Yeah. Um, we are canceling the apocalypse! We are canceling the apocalypse! Although, Yiddish isn't here, so we're not canceling it anymore. We're, no. we're part of the apocalypse. We're he's, causing it. He's Yeah, he's trying to cancel it. We're actually bringing our big kaiju with us. That's a good point. I'm showing uh, Ulamog and Kozilek to the camera. So. Foily? Both Foilies. Of Foilies. Yep. Look at you. Look at me. I just happen to have those. Um, <laughs> actually, that's why I built this deck, because I was going through all of our cards, and we were like, on Wednesday, we're going to do this. And I was like, okay, I need to have most of the cards, because I need to build most of it. And then I just ordered a few through Card Kingdom. <laughs> um, who got them there fast? So, okay, so the deck is a lot about wheel effects. 
And it turns out that K is super, super strong if you wheel a fortune on turn four or something. Um, especially if you manage to ramp her out on turn three and then wheel a fortune on turn four. There's possible turn four wins with her. Uh, you have to get pretty lucky with your draws. It's not the goal of the deck. I wasn't, I was the same as you. I wasn't sure like how high do I ratchet up the power level, but I was also mm -hmm. like, will this even work? I wasn't sure. So I went pretty high with the power level just to see if it would work. It turns out it will work. It worked. Um, yeah. So it's a lot of wheel of fortune. So I'm going to read wheel of fortune just so you know, there's a whole bunch of cards in magic history that do some version of this, right? Wheel of yeah, fortune. they're called wheel effects in general. Right. And a wheel effect usually refers to anything that takes all the players at the table and they have to take their hand and either discard it or shuffle it back into the library and then draw new cards and basically get a brand new hand some draw you up back up to seven some just count how many cards you have when you do that some count how many cards the person with the most cards had when you do that but those are all just wheel effects so we're mm -hmm. going to lump them all in the same category so wheel of fortune is two in a red for a sorcery it says each player discards his or her hand then draws seven cards so if you've done this with k she will now, after you're done drawing the seven cards, tap for eight mana because you drew a card for turn and then seven cards off Wheel of Fortune. Do you want to read K really fast? Oh, yeah. I'll read K again. Um, two, green, blue for a two, three. Tap her to add colorless mana to your mana pool for each card you've drawn this turn. Yeah, that's great. So you don't really even care about the cards in your hand, especially if you only have like one card. You play Wheel of Fortune, draw seven, and there's a good chance you can play a couple of those. Oof. That's traditionally one of the reasons Wheel of Fortune is so good. It was restricted in the old days, meaning you could only have one in your deck even in what was then standard. It wasn't called that, but anyway. Um, but in this deck, you could have seven cards in your hand and still do it just because that makes K tap for so much more mana, and mm. it sort of gets her going. So... That's sort of one of the steps that you want to take. There's a whole. There's other cards that do similar things. One of them is Arjun, the <sighs> Shifting Flame. Finally saw this card being played for the first time. And it's very strong. So it's four red blue for a 5-5 five, five flyer, legendary Sphinx Wizard. It says, whenever you cast a spell, put the cards in your hand on the bottom of your library in any order, then draw that many cards. So any spell you cast sort of wheel, wheels you, kind mm -hmm. of. It's not exactly Wheel of Fortune, but it's very similar. So... You know, in the game we played, I cast a spell and then I had like eight cards in hand because we'd drawn some extra cards because of a font of mythos and I drew eight cards. And now Cadell is tapping for nine mana because I drew one for turn. And then if I cast one more spell, I would do that again, except now I'd have seven cards. And now she's tapping for 16 mana just because I cast two spells, any spells. Um, really powerful with her because you might chain together two or three spells, lower casting cost, and suddenly she's tapping for 50. Yeah, very intense. Um, not to mention that Arjun's effect is also known on a card called Mind Moil, mm -hmm. I believe. So it's a it's an old effect, but it seems like oh, I don't want to do that. I want to throw all my cards on the bottom. But at a certain point, with this next card you're going to talk about, Josh was drawing upwards of thirty to forty cards with every instance of Arjun's uh, ability going on the stack, which was nuts. Yeah, the next card is Alhammer. It's Archive, so it's five mana for a legendary artifact. It says, if you could gain that much life, you gain twice that much life instead. Doesn't matter. The next part is what matters. If you would draw a card except the first one you draw in each of your draw steps, draw two cards instead. So Not a May ability, notably. Yeah. So now, think of Arjun. You draw your card for turn. You play a spell. You got seven cards in hand, say. You put those cards on the bottom, and you draw 14 cards rather than seven. So you actually gain right. seven cards um, because... Alhamert's Archive basically doubles your card draw at that point. You cast another spell. Now you have 13 cards in hand. You put them on the bottom and you draw 26 cards. Yeah. And that means that Kaidel is actually, actually tapping for around 40 mana at this point. Um, 
those are the kind of loops you get into where you get into the insane amount of mana category. Uh, you can also go infinite. And I had two cards in the deck that could possibly go infinite with um, with K. And they're Staff of Domination and Umbral Mantle. We talked about these on the show before. Um, I think you have Staff of Domination in the Brea deck too. I do. I was never able to play it, so I could never judge the power level of it, but I think it's still pretty good. It's a three-mana artifact. That's a good start for one that's pretty cheap, and it's got five abilities on it, all for different mana costs. First one costs one mana. It says untap Staff of Domination. Pretty good. Second one is two mana, tap it, you gain one life. And then it's three mana, tap it, untap target creature. Four mana, tap it, tap target creature. Five mana, tap it, draw a card. So this is crazy because three mana, untap target creature, then pay one mana, untap the Staff of Domination. So if Cadell can tap for at least five mana, you come out one mana ahead on that exchange and you do it infinitely and now you've got infinite mana. And then the staff is also insane because once you have infinite mana, it can do the other things you want to do, which is draw cards Mm -hmm. because you now pay five mana, tap it to draw a card and then one mana to untap it. And then you do repeat that. So once you have infinite mana, you can draw infinite cards. That's why the staff's crazy. I think if it could only do one of those things, it would still be good but it wouldn't be insane. This is self-contained, mm-hmm. though, you know, a win condition in the deck. It's um, dominant. Yeah. And then the other one's Umbral Mantle, which is also very good. It's three mana for an equipment, and its equip cost is zero, which is, a, I don't know why, it's just way too good. <laughs> um, and it says, equipped creature has pay three, and then it has the untap symbol. So you actually have to untap the creature, which I guess sometimes could be a downside, but not on a, a mana no, dork like, yeah, not like a mana K. Dork. So you pay three, untap the creature. This creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. This does a couple of things. One, it creates infinite mana as long as Kaidel can tap for at least four. But also if she can only tap for three, it's not horrible because you can tap and untap her infinite times and she grows to an infinite size and she's your commander. So if anybody happens to be open on say turn four or five, you can sometimes play Umbral Mantle, maybe play something like a Brainstorm uh, brainstorm is one blue mana draw three cards then put two cards from your hand on top of your library in any order so it says draw three cards so you don't even care you're just trying to get k to tap for more than uh four man or sorry more than three mana yeah she'll tap for four if you play brainstorm yeah in your, in your, during your turn so you brainstorm now she's tapping for four you play umbral mantle put it on her now tap on tap her infinite times turn four you could you could kill somebody by making her you know uh a uh, 1 million 1 million creature or you know Pretty what we good. call arbitrarily large so brainstorm was a surprise because there's not a ton of EDH decks where I've found Brainstorm really shines. Mizzix is another one. Um, but in this deck, it's basically reads Brainstorm plus add three colorless mana to your mana pool. Yeah, if you have Kaidel out. Yeah, and enable a bunch of your combos. So that's yeah, very, that's, very good. That's absurd. Yeah. Um, another really good card in the deck is Thrasios. So Thrasios Triton Hero is uh, one of the other partner commanders that comes in the Yidris deck. It's green and blue for a legendary Merfolk wizard. It's a 1-3. It has partner. Again, we're not playing it as a commander. It's just in the deck. Mm-hmm. It uh, says pay four mana, scry one, then reveal the top card of your library. If it's a land card, put it, in, put it onto the battlefield tapped. Otherwise, draw a card. It's got everything. It does have everything. Um, once you've created infinite mana with K, then Thrasios becomes a win condition because you don't tap Thrasios. So you just pay four mana in, flip over the top card. If it's a land, put it directly into play. If it's not, put it in your hand. So you can keep drawing cards and playing lands. Now, the lands don't come into play untapped. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you eventually have Kaidel, and it says draw a card, so it's it's pumping her. 
you eventually have Kaidel untapped, tapping for a bajillion mana. You have lands in play, and then you just need to find one of the whim conditions. Yep. This is what... Um, yeah. This is sort of the main one. Fireball. X in a red. Fireball deals X damage divided evenly, rounded down among any number of target creatures and or players, and it costs one more to cast for each target beyond the first. But when you have infinite mana, it doesn't matter. It just reads, everyone takes an arbitrarily large number of damage. Yep. It's, it's super good. The only problem you run into is that it costs a red to get right. started. When you get Thrasios and you get infinite mana, you're going to win the game because there are some ways to definitely create colored mana from colorless mana. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things when I was goldfishing the deck um, that I figured out was that, okay, you get into these loops where I can create a lot of mana, but it's not colored. And so how do I turn colorless mana into colored mana? And the best way you referenced earlier is... Gemstone Array, four mana artifact. You can pay two mana to put a charge counter on Gemstone Array and remove a charge counter to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So with infinite mana, you put as many gem counters as you want, it then becomes infinite colored mana of any color. And then you can use the red to make fireball. In fact, you don't even need to have infinite mana. There was a point, I think, in one game where I was tapping Kaidel for like 87 mana because mm -hmm. of Arjun. I wasn't infinite, but that's a plenty to put two on gemstone array, take them off, right. make a uh, red mana, and then, you know, Good hit enough. two people for 43, which is usually going to at least kill two people. Uh, Comet Storm is a similar way to do that, like yeah. fireball. Also, you could just have Gilded Lotus or a Chromatic Lantern. You can hit one of those off the top with Thrasios, play it, and that'll tap for your red mana. That's another right. way to sort of create colored mana from colorless mana. Or just put a basic mountain in there, Josh. True, true, true. But, I mean, if you've tapped out, you're not going to yeah. be able to get it into play uh, that way. The other thing, so that's sort of the, a big win condition, right? You'll you'll suddenly on, you know, whatever turn, get infinite mana, go off, and sort of kill everyone. But there's other ways to sort of just have really big plays happen that aren't infinite. So you can do things like on turn three or four, or sorry, four or five, once Kaidel's out, Wheel of Fortune, and then she now taps for like eight or nine, and then you can just play Kozilek, who is eight diamond diamond for a 12-12 legendary creature Eldrazi. When you cast Kozilek the Great Distortion, if you have fewer than seven cards in hand, draw cards equal to the difference, so also synergizes, has Menace, and says discard a card with converted mana cost X, counter target spell with converted mana cost X. So it also wow. protects all your stuff to some degree. Um, Ulamog, Nulamog, also in there. Void Winor is another good one. Right. Um, you know, you can put Old Lamog and, and stuff like that too. Yeah, if you're able to generate that much mana and you're not going infinite, you better be able to create or play a creature from that. Or if you have Arjun out, you cycle through your deck. Cool, play an Eldrazi. Cycle through your deck. I'll oh, play another Eldrazi. Cycle through your deck. Hey, there's another Eldrazi. And yeah. it's, you know, it's hard to beat that kind of effect when you have so much mana and you're able to just hammer in on people. Yeah, that the, and you can get them out so early. And some of the old Eldrazi with Annihilator, that can just be game-ending on turn five you attack with mm -hmm. it. And it's just like, they, they get Annihilator 4, and it's just like, well, what? you can never come back that early in the game from Annihilator 4. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I really like this the, the go big part of this, which is kill people with Comet Storm or with Ulamog. It also makes Brainstorm, and I put Jace the Mind Sculptor, which is an expensive card. I just happen to have one from Eternal Masters. Um, really good in the deck because... If you have to wheel a fortune to make Kaidel tap for enough mana, then you don't know what you're going to have in your hand. But Brainstorm or uh, Jace allow you to sort of take the Ulamog that's already in your hand and put it on top of your library. So now when I wheel a fortune, I know I'm going to draw it. Right. So that's a really powerful way to sort of make sure that you're going to draw a card that you can cast because it can be 
nervous to mm-hmm. sort of blindly wheel of fortune knowing okay then i'll have access to a ton of mana but i don't know if i'll have a card that's powerful that i want to cast yeah you're always playing that game of like uh, i need to go off sooner rather than later hope this works you hope it works yeah. just gonna jump um so the last card well there's two cards i want to talk about one i put in for fun i didn't get to play it but i still think it might be good all right nin the pain artist red in the blue uh one one vidalcan wizard x red blue tap nin and she does x damage to target creature that creature's controller draws X cards. So you can do this to yourself. You can do this to yourself to draw cards. You can also do it to your opponent to mill them out once you have infinite mana. Right. Um, and also the Umbra Mantle can just be switched over to Nin, untapped, do it again, do it again. So it's possible to sort of destroy all the other players that way. Right. Uh, it's a card that I've always eyed. And I, I know Alex Kessler, I think, has a, had or has a Nin mm-hmm. deck that's very good. Uh, it's my kind of effect. So that's a fun one. And the last one, the whole reason that I went with Bruce Tarl over like <laughs> something else is Jeskai Ascendancy, which is a crazy card. And if you ever get it with Cadell out, you're in great shape. It's cost Jeskai, so blue, red, white for an enchantment. It says whenever you cast a non-creature spell, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Untap those creatures. And then whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. So... It's doing everything, right? Untap Kaidel, pump all your dudes, draw, and, and then it loots. But that counts as drawing cards. So it yeah, untaps Kaidel, and then it actually makes Kaidel tap for more mana after she's untapped. Pretty wild. That That's a card that once you get it out and you sort of string together two or three instants, it's just, it's probably over. Like, yeah. you're, you're cycling through your deck, you're tapping for even more mana. It's crazy good. Um, anyway, so... That's the deck. I think it's really, really powerful, actually. Yeah, you mentioned it was very similar to your Mizzix deck. It felt it felt that way, where it just creates a turn that's so explosive that it's kind of crazy, where you can literally play your entire deck. Although I will say... You know, if you say, get Gemstone Array and, infinite, and yeah. infinite Mana, you can literally play every single card in your deck. That That's true, actually. It's really crazy. Uh, you did have to say, though, before you made that big win, does anyone have a counterspell? Yeah, I have a Swan Song and a counterspell in the deck just to... Just to see, just just so just when you hopefully. the turn you go off, yeah, you know that's why I was like I play Gemstone Array responses. Okay, now I'm fine because I was I think I had all my lands tapped. I right. had the Gemstone Array had to stick that turn to create colored mana. If it didn't, then I wouldn't be able to counter their counters. Right, but then you'd be able to go the next turn, right? Just depending on what, yeah, you're yeah. you're open a little bit to a uh, to a board wipe or something yeah. if they counter that. But definitely a uh, it's not a glass cannon by any means because you can also interact with people a lot. Yeah, true. There's definitely um, I like like Cyclonic Rift, Chaos Warp, um, some other cards like that. Uh, Pyromancer Goggles, another card I really liked in the deck because, uh-huh. again, I don't want to have to go infinite to destroy you with Fireball. Sometimes just fif- tapping for fifty mana is fine. Yeah, it's more than fine. <laughs> yeah, it's especially towards the latter end of a game when people are at 10, 20, 30 life. You know, it's easy to ping them down from there. Yeah, so. Pretty fun. The deck's cool. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I'll keep it because it is very similar to Mizzix. It just has that similar feel where it can just explode so suddenly. Yeah. Um, then it's like, man, do I need two of those? I don't know if I do. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun brewing my deck. Um, and the best part was I really didn't have to get too many extra cards. I, had, I already had a lot of them from other builds. You know, I had a Shroom deck I was thinking about, and that fit perfectly into the Brea deck as well. So there's a lot of crossover here, and I think that's sort of a big fun takeaway from all of this. Yeah, that's interesting you should say that because I had a Chaos deck mm-hmm. that had all the wheel effects already. So that's why I was sort of close to it. And then because of my Tim deck that I'd built, I had actually already owned a whole bunch of things like Umbral Mantle, Staff of Domination. Um, I actually, the reason I had those, I didn't want to take apart my Tim deck. I mm-hmm. left it intact. 
was because of Jason Alton, how he told us a long time ago, like, if you're going to buy a card, maybe just buy two. Because if you want it, somebody else will probably want it. Yeah. Turns out that somebody else is me. Me. Yeah. So having a second staff of domination was like awesome. And having another umbral mantle, I was like, man, thank goodness I have these cards. Yeah. So that's a good piece of advice, Mr. Alt. Yeah. I, I would make it to our listeners. If Do you, you know what my advice is? What? If you're going to buy a card, make it a foil. <laughs> Why not? It's shinier. <laughs> Uh, don't do that. It doesn't help you with your budgeting, that's for sure. And you get to make less decks if you keep doing that. But it looks cool. It does look very cool. <sighs> All right. Well, that's going to be a shorter episode today, but we wanted to, again, say thank you to everyone. It's been an awesome first week of the Patreon. Um, I, uh, my favorite comment is, is, it's about dang time. Uh, and we really appreciate that because we've been doing this show for so long now and it's always been a joy to record. There's never been a, you know, sometimes we're like, oh gosh, I have to like figure out this outline in the next, you know, six hours before tomorrow starts or before we shoot. But it's never been like, like a, oh gosh, we have to film Command Zone again. It's never been that, which is awesome. And I don't think it's ever going to be. Yeah, it's always super exciting. It's always a ton of fun. Um, it's great to see everybody on Patreon and a lot of our listeners that have been with us for a long time. Uh, thank you so much for the support. We hope those of you that aren't Patreon supporters yet will think about it. Yeah, it's it's again very affordable. You can it's and it's very flexible as well. Patreon lets you set monthly caps, choose when you want to stop donating, and honestly, it's four dollars a month at the very bare minimum. That's a cup of coffee, you know, like that. We spend that money and don't re realize it all the time, and. It would mean so much if you guys could help us out. So patreon.com slash command zone. And you get to see more cool stuff like the gameplay video of these decks that we just talked about coming out soon. All right. Make sure you also visit cardkingdom.com and use the affiliate link, which is cardkingdom.com slash command zone. You need to order your plane chase anthologies. Yeah. You need to order all the cards for the decks that you're tuning up uh, like we did. You need to get ready for the holidays. Card Kingdom is the place to do it. They're going to get you your cards faster and in better quality than anybody else. Yeah, and as a Magic player, if you were to be like, dang, I don't know what to get Jimmy this year. It's like, get me a Magic card, man. Like, even ask me what I want. I don't a care. A foil one. A foil one, yeah. <laughs> it better be foil. Like the tinsel on my Christmas tree. Uh, the uh, So yeah, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. It's a perfect gift to get people. Is either sealed product, like the commander product, um, and, you know, you're going to have a lot more free time this holiday season. So why not sit down and play playing chess with your friends? It'll be a blast. Speaking of holidays, so our end step, I just want to wish everybody, we're recording this before Thanksgiving. We wanted to make sure that we still had an episode this week. Um, so I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, whether you're in the U.S. or not. I know a lot of places you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but I still want to wish you a happy time with your family, happy holidays. I hope you're having a great one, and I hope you're playing Magic. Yeah, I hope you're whooping your siblings' butts. Yeah, even if you're not celebrating Thanksgiving, it's a great chance to think about being with friends and family and rejoicing and appreciating all of those around you and all of your loved ones and the ones that support you and help you out in your life and to give thanks. So thank you, everybody. And we hope you have a great time talking about the cleanup step because our sister podcast for the show i almost skipped it i know right this we, is we don't have an outline and this is what happens i just lose my mind you see what happens josh you see what happens larry this is what happens is we don't give thanks to our amazing sister podcast who's been who's been around almost as long as we have they gave thanks to us in their thanksgiving episode they actually sang a song to all of their patreon supporters it was pretty funny they did yeah it was great the, the episode's like 10 minutes long but they they improv the song and said everyone's name. So it was a really, really cute thing to do. Maybe we'll do something similar. Man, speaking of songs, I got a new end step. Yeah? 
You need to listen to the 200th episode of Magic the Amateuring. Oh, yeah. I have yet to listen to it, but you were busting up laughing about it's it. It's so good. I was embarrassing myself in the gym because I have the headphones on, and I just kept laughing, and people would look at me. I'm like, sorry. But it's <laughs> oh, it's so good. They like wrote a musical. Dude, it's great. Please go check out episode 200 of Magic the Amateur. They do a, ma- a musical episode. They literally wrote like a bunch of songs about magic, but in music, wow. like in Broadway musical style. Wow. Like it's, I, I can't even do it justice. I almost wanted to retire the command cast because I was like, we will never top that episode. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. This is it, everybody. The last episode of the command cast because Magic the Amateur just showed this up. There's no way we could top it. It's so good. They're go check it out. Not, they're certainly not amateurs anymore, right? They are professional entertainers. I will tell you that. They're sure. great. Um, yeah, so definitely check that out. Also check out the Masters of Modern. I totally buried them there. <laughs> Masters of Modern, also great. They did not top uh, Magic the Amateur into episode 200, but they bring great content every week about modern, competitive magic. Ben, Alex, they talk with pros all the time. They're good friends with Andrew Andrew Brown, who just went to Wizards to work yeah, in R- good stuff. R&D. They are just plugged right in. You should check them out. Uh, did you already say the Twitter? No. At the MMCast and right next to us, on Collected.Company, our new magic hub. I don't know why I went into this voice. Our editor for the show is Terry Robertson, and special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the Living Card animations that start and end all of our shows. You can find Jeffrey at Living Cards MTG in our video content. Terry does such a great job at youtube.com slash the Command Zone Podcast. All right, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And have a great holiday season. Peace. Bye-bye. Not creepy at all. Not creepy at all. (laughs) All right, peace. Later, guys. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.